freedom that we have through your son, Jesus. Yes, Lord, let the house of the Lord sing praise. We're redeemed by your grace. We are redeemed, Heavenly Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Let the house of the Lord sing praise, Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. Receive our worship, Lord. Come on, church. Continue to worship with us tonight. Sing this with us. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God. 
Lord, for being present with us, for being here with us, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord, and it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, church, will you celebrate the Lord tonight? Amen. God is good. Amen, church. What a wonderful time of worship, church. Amen. Hey, church, will you welcome one another tonight? Amen, church. What's happening? What a great time of worship. Um, if i am got to be honest with you, I'm a little selfish right now. I wish we didn't have to stop. It was that good. Amen, it was good. But I got a feeling pastor's got some fire. Right? Stop me when I'm lying. Uh, the man's always got some up his sleeve. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hey, hey, church, my name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And this is my sister, Roxy. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's an honor to stand up here with you as your worship leader as well. Amen. So we're here. We want to catch you guys up on just a couple of things going on. I know, guys, uh, for those of you that have not been able to purchase your tickets yet, I would tell you, do it right away for our 40th anniversary as we celebrate our pastors uh, for the 40-year anniversary of ministry and service. I mean, just think about that. 40 years of ministry is longer then I would like to say I've been alive, but I can't quite say that. But it is a whole lifetime of changing lives and reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. That's just something that definitely needs to be celebrated. Amen? And that's going to happen October the 21st. So please, if you have not yet purchased your tickets, the least you can do right now is mark your calendar, okay, for October the 21st. Okay, and that's going to start at 6 p.m. There's going to be a pre-show reception that's going to begin at 5 o'clock at the Albuquerque Convention Center. So we want to invite you to that. It's going to start at 5, and then there's going to be that reception to follow with the actual event that begins at 6 o'clock. That's going to go to who knows when, right? So we have a lot of stuff in store, right? That ticket that you guys are going to purchase isn't just a service like what we're doing tonight. It's going to include, like I said, that reception. It's going to include a three-course plated dinner. It's going to include uh, professional entertainment. Ooh, fancy. Uh, not, not me. I'm not. Right. Yeah, oh, not not yeah. Rocks Rocks. <laughs> no, I'm not a professional. I just you hang out here every now and then. It's going to be professional entertainment there, guys. It's going to be awesome because we're going to go through 40 years of where we started the ministry and where July the 7th, 1982 to present day, what that has looked like from the eyes of our senior pastors. And we can never feel what they feel, but we can thank them for what they have done for 40 years because every single one of us, amen, have been impacted in such a way uh, that they deserve to be uh, celebrated that way. So please, you can purchase your tickets when you go online to NBCABQ.com under the events tab or even on our homepage, or you can purchase them through our app. Right. Okay. Sometimes they're sending out there. With they the are event. actually. They're out there tonight. They're going to be out there tonight and after every service, in between services on Sunday, there's a table out there where you see the graphic and you see the poster. You can ask them for information in case you want to pay like with a check or with a cash, with, with cash. You can, pay, you can pay out there in the table, and you can register that way as well. Awesome. Okay? And then, church, don't forget, on Saturday, um, there's going to be a men's breakfast. 
Yeah. Roxy, tell us what that's all about. I would like to tell just you kidding, what Roxy. Yeah, just kidding, Roxy. I'm not invited. <laughs> Men's breakfast is going to be awesome. Men's breakfast is just a great time. I got to give my come here, Roxy. <laughs> Men's breakfast is going to be an awesome time of fellowship between the men of God. So men of God, please, if you're not involved, I ask you, please come this Saturday and get some free bacon. That's all I got to say. Free bacon at this church at 730 and that's it's fully work. cooked. It's, that's work. That, I think that'll work. Depends on who's on the grill. It's well done. Mm. Well, okay. I like mine extra crispy. All right. Well, okay. Parents Night Out. Tell us about Parents Night Out, okay, Rocks Rocks. this I can tell you about because it just so happens that I am a parent. I don't have little ones, but I remember when I had little ones, all I wanted to do was drop them off somewhere to do something, even if it just meant sitting in my car for an hour with no noise going on. So, thankfully, New Beginnings Church is providing you, who have those little ones that are just driving you crazy, a parents' night out on September 10th from 6 to 9. you got to pre-register your kids so we know how many kiddos are coming in. You just come in. You drop off your kids. They are going to be well taken care of. You know our children's staff. They are amazing. They um, provide for them. They'll feed them a little something-something. And you get to go do anything. It could be taking a nap. Um, it could go out Well-deserved. 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 Yes, well-deserved. It could go out shopping or you could go out on a date with your beloved. All of those things, um, and there is no charge to you, um, but we think that you deserve it. That's right, and we, we ask that you do pre-register. So if you can pre-register, again, NBCBQ.com under the events page, or again, through the app, you can do it that way. That way we can prepare adequately to be able to give enough snacks. Um, we don't want your kid to be the one in the corner with no snack. Nah, I'm just kidding. That would never happen. <laughs> There's a saying that my grandpa used to say. They said, Donde comen doce, comen trece. So don't worry about it. Everything will be okay. That just means where 12 eat, 13 will eat as well. So don't worry about it. But we do ask that you do pre-register. So if you can do that for us, we'd really appreciate that. Now with that, tonight, church, we are beginning a brand new sermon series. And Pastor Richard, I'm sure, would love to introduce you guys to that brand new sermon series. Pastor Rich, why don't you come on up, my brother? Let's welcome Pastor Richard to the public. Thank you, thank you. And I do want to remind you guys and thank you so much for tithing and giving to the ministry because we're able to do some amazing things with the tithe and with the giving that takes place. Uh, Matter of fact, this Saturday after the men's breakfast, for those of you that want to know more about voting and what, how to vote, not who to vote for, but a real biblical worldview of voting. Uh, I encourage you to be here at 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. We're going to have some experts with the Billy Graham organization and other organizations out of Washington, D.C. that are going to be here. And, uh, and it'll be a great time to be able to, to see what's going on. Also, I want to remind you all that under his construction is having their annual fundraiser on Saturday, September the 17th. And it's going to be a night of just of celebration. And you could drop by their table after service and talk to them. But right before we get started, I want to call uh, our minister of our youth. Uh, David, would you come up here real quick? I want you to tell us 
What's going on with the youth group? Hey, what's up, y'all? How you doing? Oh, man, there is so much happening with our youth. I just love these guys so much. Like, I, like right after worship, I literally turned around and said, man, y'all going hard today. We have a bunch of worshipers on our hands, and we have lots of, yeah, for real. Give it up for them. They're the real stars of the show. We have, like, uh, like I literally just preached on Sunday, like, guys, I see, I see pastors in this room. I see prophets in this room. I see faithful men and women of God in this room, and I'm doing my best to spur them forward and to encourage them. We, we are getting to a point right now where our small groups are no longer small. We got to start splitting them up because we have so many youth pulling up who just want to have these conversations. I've been make, one thing I've been making abundantly clear to our youth is that this is your safe space. This is your area. Do with it what you will. We're just here to love on you. And man, more than anything, God has been doing his thing. We have, we've had some youth who have expressed a call to ministry uh, students who are interested in going out to, we'll be taking some to Oklahoma City uh, in October to go check out Mid-America Christian University. That's where I went to school. Uh, that's where I learned all that I know. Yeah, thank you. And um, just so many awesome things are happening right now. And so I'm just so blessed to be a part of what God's doing here because, you know, uh, one of my professors always said, without God, we can't, but without us, he won't. And so I'm just grateful to be here and grateful for these kids, I'm proud of y'all's kids because this is this says a lot about the families that we have here. This says a lot about the community we have here. So thank you, church, for doing what you do best and being Amen. supportive and loving. So thank you. And David, how can we pray for these young people? Oh man, there's uh, well, first of all, pray for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, for real. I'm not very much older than these kids. I'm, I'm 22 years old. I always say I'm 22 and have no idea how the world works. Uh, and I feel like I'm in a weird spot where I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time with people like Pastor Richard, Pastor Mike, these wise men of God, and I'm doing my best to be a sponge and bring it to them. So pray for me that, I, that I'm faithful there and pray for them that more than anything, they uncover who they are. You know, they uncover who God's called them to be. You know, some of our, you know, when, once you hang out with youth, you get to know the families, you get to know the hearts, and I'm, and you know, I've, I've, I understand some of the struggles, some of the stuff that's going on at home, and all I'm wanting for these kids is for them to understand who God's called them to be. And so, if y'all could just join me in praying for that as y'all continue to pray, uh, which I know y'all are so faithful in that. Amen. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, pray that they uncover who God's called them to be. Amen. Amen. Well, as David and them go to their class, would you just let these young people know how much you love them? This is for 6th grade to 12th grade. I know you're scattered throughout the sanctuary. Um, And what a joy to be able to celebrate that. Guys, I'm kicking off a new sermon series today called In Quest of Happiness. People are looking for happiness. People are looking for happiness, but a lot of times they're looking in all the wrong places. They're looking and they're trying to find it in places that don't even exist. They might have a happy moment, but I want to talk about eternal happiness, a happiness that carries you even in difficult, challenging times, a happiness that holds you and lifts you up and builds you up. Jesus, when he started his ministry, outward public ministry, One of the very first things he did was he preached the sermon that is known as the Sermon on the Mount. He was 
on the side of a mountain and he was preaching and there were thousands of people. I have been to that site and it's really interesting because the way the mountain is, the Sea of Galilee is is on uh, is right at the coast of it and there's a mountainside and if you stand up in that mountain when when I was there there was people at the top of the mountain and we could hear them speaking because of just the natural acoustics of that mountain the sound carried and it was just amazing how that took place and I was like wow I could really see if people were silent and listening and really put their ear to the Lord's voice, how they could really listen and they could do that in spite of them being 5,000 people there. And Jesus starts off his sermon in Matthew chapter 5. And that's where I'm going to start today because he's talking about happiness. He's talking about how to be truly happy. And he says in Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 3, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who are hungry and thirsty for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, and for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven, and remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. So, Father, I just pray that, Lord, in this series, you help us understand that the quest of happiness is found fully in you and in your word. Help us start this day and this series off, Lord God, pouring out a foundation to build off of. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. Uh, The question was asked in a magazine called Psychology Today, what would it take to make you happy? The question was given to 52,000 Americans. These were the answers. To be happy, I would want friends or a social life. I'd like a job. I'd like being in love. I'd like recognition and success. I'd like sex. I'd like personal growth. I'd like good financial uh, stability. I'd like having a house or an apartment. I'd love being attractive or beautiful. And the city that I live in, I would love it to be a good, wholesome city. I would love my religion. I would want recreation and exercise. I'd like being a parent. I'd love to be married. I'd love for my partner to truly have happiness. And the interesting thing about this is all of these things were external situations. 
None of them were internal. None of them were looking at themselves and deep in their own heart and what they would want to have. They were just talking about things around them. And it's unfortunate that people really look at that and things think that things are going to give you happiness, that money's going to give you happiness. Someone told me that with money, they go, it doesn't give you happiness, but you could sure have a better time. And that might be true. But there's so many millionaires that have committed suicide because even though with all the money they had, they didn't have happiness. So how do we get that? How do we get to that point? How do we really have the steps to happiness? What steps do we need to understand? And the very first one is we have to understand that that the popular idea of happiness is this, having the right circumstances having the right things around us. People think, if I just have everything perfect around me, I'll be happy. If I just have everything, I'll be happy. It's kind of the when and then kind of thinking. When I have that, then I'll be happy. When I have, then I will. When I get there, then I'll be happy. When I get this, then I'll be happy. When I get successful, then I'll be happy. When I get recognized, then I'll be happy. When, then, when, then, when, and then. And it doesn't happen. The search for happiness is something that has been an ongoing thing and something that people continue to try to find and they try to hold on to and they try to see and they don't seem to quite get it. In the book of Ecclesiastes, you see Solomon was truly seeking and he said, I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. He goes, let's look at the good things in life but i found that that this too was meaningless it just doesn't add up in another version it says i decided to enjoy myself and find out what happiness is and didn't find it in stuff you see we need to understand that we sometimes get to these dead ends we get to this dead end that solomon is talking about he says Solomon says, I basically found dead ends, and and one of the dead ends is accumulating things. Some of us think if we accumulate things, then we're winning. If we accumulate things, we'll be happy. If we accumulate things, we'll be on the winning side. And man, you could end up having all kinds of stuff and still be incredibly broken. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verse 7 through and 8, it says, I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings that had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. He had accumulated all these things, yet he wasn't happy. He was still empty. People are trying to get more and 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 more. Man, we have so much stuff, our garage is full. We have a storage in the back of the house, and it's full. We have all of our closets, and they're full. So then we go and rent the storage, and it's full. And we don't even know what we have anymore. But we got a lot. And you're still not happy. That's a dead end. 
accumulating things. Then there's not only accumulating things, but experiencing pleasure. Oh man, I'm gonna climb climb Mount Everest. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the beach. I'm gonna go, and we're gonna go sailing, and we're gonna do and get on a train ride and the Cumbre Toltec, and we're gonna and we're gonna and we're gonna and we're gonna do all these things to have fun. And there's nothing wrong with having fun. There's nothing wrong with doing those things. But we think if I do this, then I'll be happy. If I do all these things, then it'll be wonderful. If I do these things, oh, I just want to be there so bad and some people that's all they're shooting for all their life they want to be able that's on their bucket list i want to be there someday and when they get there they're like oh it was okay (laughs) it wasn't what they expected ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 3 says after much thought i decided to cheer myself with wine but while still seeking wisdom i clutched to foolishness In this way, I tried to experience, he says, he tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this earth. He was looking, but he didn't find it. Man, maybe I'll have a little wine. Maybe I'll have a little little opiate. Maybe I'll have a little cannabis. After all, it's free now. No, it's not free. I mean, it's legal. (laughs) Shows you how much I know. I don't know. I'm not a cannabis user. But we're looking and looking and looking and looking for something to satisfy us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasures. I even found great pleasure in hard work a reward for all my labors. And you work hard and you got a, you got a lot of toys. But guess what? When it's all said and done, it's like a song. Dun, dun, it's over. <laughs> Have you ever just had a good time you're there dancing and then dun, dun, okay, now let's go sit down. And you do all this fun stuff, but it doesn't satisfy you. And not only are you accumulating stuff and are you trying to just have pleasurable moments, but there's also trying to achieve success. You're just saying, when I get there, then I'll be happy. When I get to be the supervisor, then I'll be happy. When I get to be the foreman, I'll be happy. When I get to be the owner, then I'll be happy. When I get, when I get, when I get, when I get, then I'll be happy. And it just doesn't happen like that. Achieving success is something I hope that all of us can do. But guess what? Tomorrow's another day. Yesterday ended at midnight. It's like you get to celebrate and go, man, that was awesome, but dun-dun, it's over. (laughs) Now what? (laughs) Dun-dun. Like you graduate high school. I graduated high school, and you. I hope you do. But dun-dun, now what? (laughs) I graduated college. Yeah! Dun-dun, now what? See, there's always something else, always something else. Achieving success is awesome, but let me tell you something that's not everything. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 4 through 6, he says, I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks filled with, uh, filled them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs 
to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing grove. Jump down to verse 9, Ecclesiastes 2, 9. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me. In other words, I made it, baby. I beat them all. And my wisdom never failed me. Jump down to verse 17. So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Man, that's hardcore. Have you ever been chasing the wind? Have you ever seen a dog that chases its tail? You're like, man, pobrecito. He's never going to catch it. And if he does and he bites it, he's going to remember. There's a lot of us that are biting our own tail. We don't even understand what we've done, how we did it, why we did it. We're just knowing that, oh, I did it. (laughs) Man. So we have to understand that there's this mindset that that there's things we have to accomplish and things we need to do, and and then we're going to have happiness. And then there's a second thing I want to say is that God's way to happiness is having the right attitude. He says, I want you to have a good attitude about it. You're trying to get stuff and accumulate stuff and achieve stuff and and gather stuff and, and have all the success. But let me tell you something. It's an attitude thing. We have this sorry, sorry attitude. I read... Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 12, I just read all of that, where it says blessed, and that where it says God blesses, that word literally means happy. He's saying, blessed are those, blessed are. He's saying, happy are. You're happy when you do these things. Happy when you're poor and, and you realize your need for God. Happy when, when, when you realize these things, it's, they're positive statements. There's, they're, they're pros, positive proclamations. You're proclaiming truth. You're saying, let me tell you something. These things bring happiness. They're called the beatitudes. And the beatitudes are these things that totally fulfill you. How to be happy. Why? Because he knew that, you know what? That was what everyone was searching for. People wanted happiness, so Jesus started where they were. He started where their need was. He started preaching on on how they could be happy and and why they needed to turn to God and why they needed to trust in him and why they needed to lean into him. Jesus is saying that you can learn to be happy in spite of your circumstances. Man, I don't know about you. I've, I've been told some horrible news before, health issues before. Like, I'll never forget. I, I took my daughter. My daughter ran for Miss New Mexico Teen, Teen New Mexico. And she, she won the Miss Congeniality. That means she was the cheeriest one and helping everyone and, and celebrating and, and everyone was all, oh, you can't eat this, can't eat that. No, that night she called in for a pizza and had pizza with all of the contestants. And they're like, man, you are so nice. Why are you doing this? It's going to get us fat. She's like, yeah, if I get you fat, maybe I'll win. No, no, no. <laughs> no, she didn't do that. But, but, but when she was going to run... She goes, Dad, can you take me to a dermatologist? I'd like to see if I can just 
have real clear complexion that day. So I took her to the dermatologist, and she's sitting up on the examining table, and I'm sitting in the chair as soon as you walk in. And the doctor walks in, and he goes, and he's looking at the chart, so he just sees Mansfield, and he says, Oh, hello, Mr. Mansfield. Good to see you. Are we here to take that cancer off your forehead? And I'm going, Wow. I didn't know I had cancer on my forehead. And I go, actually, I brought my daughter here, but what are you talking about? He goes, you got some cancer there. I go, how do you know just by looking? He goes, I'm the leading cancer dermatologist in Albuquerque. And I said, wow. He goes, you need to set up an appointment for that. I'm like, okie dokie. Wow. And my wife goes, how did the appointment go? I go, great for Ashley, messed up for me. But I didn't get all, I'm not one of those guys, people that go, oh, oh, I'm dying. Because they hadn't told me if I was dying, so I didn't know yet. (laughs) So I set up the appointment, and he goes, yeah, you got some cancer here and some cancer here. And then every three months, I'd go, and they go, now you have cancer here. And one day, I'm getting my hair cut, and my barber says, hey, you didn't have this thing the other day. Now you got this growth back here. Here enough cancer so then they taught my wife how to look for it, and she would mark my back up with a pin. I'm like, are you really doing that, or are you doing tic-tac-toe? What are you doing? And the doctor would go, man, he's, she's getting good at this. She would find cancer, and, and so I had basal cell carcinoma. I had squamous cell carcinoma. I had melanoma, which is a real deadly one, and, and, and I really mean this. I didn't get all, oh, I'm coming, Elizabeth, I'm dying. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, I got a lot of work to do. I don't have time to die. My schedule is already booked. Look, my schedule right now, I already have appointments for next year. Next year's not even here. I'm like, I can't die. I've got appointments. So set appointments as far out as you can. That way you can't die. God, I can't. I'm sorry, God. I got some appointments. I, I got a wedding already. I really do. I have a wedding already in my calendar for 2024. I'm like, wow. I said, well, if I'm here, I'll marry you. And if not, then you could bury me. You know, I don't know. But I'm not one of those. "Ah, ah." It's like, you know what? God's in control. And God gives us peace. He gives us joy. And in spite of our circumstances, God is God. Look, I've gone through horror. I've gone through almost anything you could think of. And God has seen me through. So even in the darkest times of my life, God has seen me through. So you know what? I really do. I I sing this often in my car, my house, my office. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Because you know what? Look what the Lord has done. He's amazing. He's faithful. He's true. And you can't let your circumstances take your focus off of who he is. He is God. He's supreme. He sits on the throne. Your situation hasn't caught him off guard. He's not all like, oh, my gosh, get the soul. What happened to Richard? Oh, I I turned my back for five minutes, and now he's got cancer. Oh, my goodness. Am I connecting with anybody? See, we let our circumstances control us instead of us control our circumstances. 
Lord, I'm facing a big, big challenge, but I know that you are with me. See, we have joy. We have our attitude that we're able to focus and able to look forward and able to move in that direction. That's why we have to understand that and we have to see that and we have to receive that and we have to hold on to that and we have to understand that, that God's way to happiness is having the right attitude. And not only that, we need to understand the third thing is that the first step to happiness is to be humble. Humble. I don't know about you. Have you ever been around a stuck-up person? Someone that's so arrogant, they're so into themselves. I don't know about you. I'm not usually happy. I'm not all, oh, I'm so happy I get to be around this stuck-up jerk. (laughs) Usually you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Why is Pastor Richard like that? Right? Are you with me? They kind of take the air out of the room. They take the joy out. Let me tell you something. When you're around somebody that's humble, he says right there in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. He's talking about the humble, the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You've got to understand that humility increases our happiness. You see, when you're humble, it reduces your stress. You're not all stressed out. Because you know what? You're not trying to prove anything. You're happy with who you are. You're happy with who you are. You're like, man, I'm okay with who I am. I'm okay with what's going on around me. It takes away the stress in your life. You're not all stressed out because humility accepts the fact that you can be happy without depending upon anyone else or anything else, because God's going to deal with the tough stuff. He says, I got you. He says, I got you. He says, have no fear, Jesus is here. He's saying, don't you understand that I'm a sovereign God, meaning I'm on the throne, I'm in charge. I haven't fallen asleep on the job. I never sleep nor slumber. I see what's going on. That's why his Holy Spirit tells us, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> see, if you're humble, it's going to remove your stress because if you're humble, you're going to admit that God knows more than you and you're going to listen to him instead of listen to you. Because you get yourself in a mess all the time, don't you? Yeah. I know I do. But when I listen to him, I'm not in a mess. My God, you're so awesome. Thank you for clearing up the path. You make the rocky road plain. You make the valley to be filled up, and you make the mountains to be lowered. Man, you make life easy. I'm coasting. Man, we, we just take ourselves way too serious, and we don't take God serious enough. Do you understand how amazing our God is? It removes, it reduces the stress in your life. Humility also improves relationships. It improves relationships. Prideful people are a pain in the 
blessed assurance. And even a little lower. Isn't that the truth? Prideful people, just like, you look at them sometimes, you go, look, dude, calm down. You tell your girlfriend, your friend, quit being like that. You're just this awesome lady, but when you act like that, you're such a, Dude, you're like such an awesome dude, but when you act like that, you're just like a, ugh. Man, it, it, it blesses relationships because humility doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It doesn't mean you have a poor self-esteem. It doesn't mean you beat yourself, oh, I'm just so dumb, I'm so dumb, I'm so dumb, I'm so dumb. No, you know what? You might be brilliant and go, man, you know what? I, I really got it going, man. I, I worked hard and I got it going, but I'm not all arrogant about it. I'll help you if you allow me to. You don't think you're all that. You just know what you got and you know what you don't got. You know what you have and you can use, and then you know what you don't have and you still need. And you've got to be able to experience that. You've got to be able to share that. And it's awesome when you're able to have those kind of relationships because it really blesses. And not only does humility reduce stress, and not only does it improve relationships, but it also releases God's power. When you are humble, and man, you know what you're able to do? Realize, hey, I don't have the answers, but I know who does. I know I can't do that, but I know who can. I don't know where we're going to get it, but I know who has it. See, you are humble, and you're able to tell the truth and to share the truth. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 6, it says, And he gives grace generously. As the scripture said, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Another version says that God gives strength to the humble, and he sets himself against the proud. So in other words, when you're arrogant, he's like, okay, dude, I'm not going to come against you, but I'm telling you, you're coming against me because you think you don't need me, and you think you got it all, and you think you have all the answers, and you think you're in control, but you don't have a clue that you don't have a clue. Haven't you ever been there where you don't have a clue, but you still act, want to act like if you do? And you walk through, oh, yeah, I got that, I got that. Of course, I know how to do that. No, you don't. You don't have a clue. And man, when you finally admit it, God gives strength to the humble. But he sets himself against those who are are all prideful. He's like, don't you understand? I'm trying to bless you. Don't you understand? I want to fill you. He says right there in Matthew 5, 3, he says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. I need you, Lord. Some people are, haven't you ever talked to some people? They go, I don't need God. I don't need a crutch. (laughs) Then why are you limping? I don't need a crutch. Well, you're falling on your face all the time. I don't need a crutch. Man, you're so dumb, you don't even know you need it. You're so arrogant, you don't think you need it. I don't have to go to church. Well, I don't have to come to church either, but guess what? Because I know that I need it, that's why I'm here. Because I'm telling you, 
You've seen those people that start thinking, I'm doing good, I'm doing good, and they skip one day, and then another day, and then another day, and next thing you know, they're a mess. Somebody wrote me today, and he just wrote three words. He said, I am lost. And I said, I'm sure sorry to hear that. I go, what can I do to help you? How can I help you? And he's in a whole nother state. And I'm like, man, thank you, sir. And I go, man. I go, I know some people that they're in the state that you're in, so I'm going to write, give you their number, look them up, tell them Pastor Mansfield gave you their number, and see if maybe they can help you. I go, just maybe you ought to come back to Albuquerque, and just maybe they'll let you back into UHC. And just maybe this time you'll really get it and you won't let your arrogance tear you apart because you're not humble enough to say, I need help from God, but instead you're saying, I need help from pastor. And I helped in any way I could, but he needs a a touch from God to totally transform him, set him free, and set him back in line. But see, we don't humble ourselves. Happy are those who know their need for God. Do you know your need for God? Do you really know your need for God? Do you really understand what you need? In the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 17, it says, Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So he's saying, now that you know... Hello, do it. Do it. How many times have you said this? I knew I shouldn't have done this. Duh. I knew I should have listened to the Lord. Huh, wow. What's wrong with us? In John 13, verse 17, in another version, it says, Now that you know the truth, how happy you will be if you put it into practice. In other words, do it. In the words of the prophet Nike, just do it. <laughs> Are you with me? We, 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 we play around and, oh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not ready. Oh, my gosh. You've already hit rock bottom. When you knock on the wood at the bottom, you hear a knock back. It's the devil going, come on in. Come on in because you're one step away. Uh, I'm not ready yet. Oh, my gosh. I used to say I wasn't ready. The whole world knew I was ready. My own drunken friends would tell me, dude, you need something, man. You need." No, really. No, I'm serious. Some of you know what I'm talking about. They've told you, dude, you're all messed up. Look. Some of you have never been drunks, and your friends still told you, you need Jesus, man. Right? You aren't a drug addict, but they're saying, you need Jesus. You're jumping from relationship to relationship, from man to man, sleeping with this guy, that guy, that guy, this guy. You're sleeping with that chick, that guy, that chick, that chick, that chick. And you're all just, and people are saying, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. And you're a parent, and and you're not a parent of the fact that you're a parent. 
Meaning, you're a parent, but you haven't even been there for your son or daughter. You need Jesus. And you're going through a difficult time in your life, and you need Jesus. And you're falling apart, and you think you have it all together, but you don't, because you need Jesus. And you're saying, man, I I just can't take this anymore. That's because you're trying to do it on your own. You haven't surrendered, and you haven't let go, because you need Jesus. And where they're all prideful, I got this, I got this, I got this. Yeah, let's see how good you got it. You're making a mess of your life. And you're making a mess of other people's life. And you don't have it all together. And I'm trying to give you the steps to happiness, how to get it and how to have it and how to keep it and how to live it so that you can really say, man, I finally got it. I finally got it. I still have problems, but I got it. I still have some crazy thinking sometimes, but I got it. I still have some challenges, but I got it. And I have some great victories, but I got it. No matter what I'm facing, I got it. And the it is God. I have God in my life. I've got his wisdom. I have his understanding. I have the spirit of the living God that's leading, guiding me, giving me victory because I'm no longer listening to myself, but I'm listening to him. And greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. And that's why I'm having victory in Jesus' name. Because I got it. So you go, oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, Pastor, I got it. Oh, shut up. I got it, and my life's all messed up. You know why? Because you keep walking in disobedience. You keep walking in disobedience. You keep doing it on your own. Because after all, I got it. I got it. No, you need to say, you know what? I don't got it. But I need it. And I need to have it. And I want to surrender. And I want to give it up because, Lord, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep living this life that is all messed up. I think I got it. They made me supervisor, and I don't even know what I'm doing. Oh, I know what I'm doing, and I know what that needs to be done. But in all reality, Lord, I don't know, Lord. Because, Lord, I, I feel so battered and tattered and beat up. Some of you don't have it yet. You haven't surrendered to Jesus. You haven't given him your life. And tonight I want to invite you to give your life to Jesus Christ. I want you to start there. And if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you want to do that, raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. I haven't done that. Anyone here tonight that doesn't have it but you want to get it? Well, then I'm going to believe that, you know what? You've got it. And if you don't got it, I pray that you get it soon. But I want you to stand with me as we sing this song. I want you to stand with me as we praise the name of Jesus. I want you to stand with me, and I want you to say this prayer in your spirit. Agree with me as I pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. Lord, I look forward to this series on happiness I'm approaching it with anticipation I'm going to be here every week for the next eight weeks to really get into your word 
And Lord, this is just the first foundation, the first principle of realizing my need for you in my life. Lord, I want to thank you for the many times that, Lord God, I want to thank you for not shutting down on me, Lord. Father God, I even want to be more grateful for the many times that you've worked in my life, even when I've worked against you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that I would never forget the day that you saved me and you never stopped loving me and that amazing love and grace that you bestowed upon me. Thank you for the gift of love. Thank you for calling me out of the darkness and into the light. Thank you for calling me treasures out of darkness. Thank you for calling me the first and not the last. Thank you for calling me the redeemed of the Lord. Thank you for calling me your son and your daughter. Thank you for adopting us and making you our father. Thank you for allowing us to call you daddy, Abba, father. Thank you, God, that you believe in me so much that, Lord God, you would die for me and set me free from the destructive mindset that I battle with. So God, my brothers and sisters that are here, if they need prayer, I pray that they would come forth and say, I need a breakthrough. I need happiness. And this is the first step towards it. And in quest of happiness, I thank you, Lord, that I came tonight because I'm realizing how deprived I am of it. So Father God, I pray blessing over us as we close out this service, Lord that we take time to pray and call out to you. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want prayer, please make your way up. We just want to pray with you. We want to celebrate with you. We want to see the glory of God all over you. Amen. Please make your way up. Let it be a full surrender. Cause we need a fresh wind, a fragrance of heaven. I humble myself, Lord, and I say, I need out. you more and more every day. Holy your spirit Sing it out and say it to the Lord. We the church can pay your life, lamp of flame, city bright, king and kingdom come is what we pray. Cause we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. The power of your presence, the point your spirit out, the point your 
Someone will be there soon to pray with you. Father, we're believing that you're going to do that in a supernatural way. We're believing that, Father God, we're going to be filled to overflowing. We're believing that you're going to take care of our every need. So we humble ourselves right now. We humble ourselves because we know our need for you. We know our need for God. We know our need to carry us through this challenge that we're facing. We know that, God, without you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can conquer anything that we face. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Give us joy, Lord, joy. God, let happiness come forth. Let it spring forth, God. Blessed are those that are poor in spirit. God, we admit that, Lord, we need you. So let us be overwhelmed now with the joy of the Lord. Father, thank you for all you're doing. God, I pray for every person watching online that, Lord, you minister to them right now where they are. That they experience a touch of your Holy Spirit. That they will know that you are with them. Father, for the sick, I pray healing. For, Father God, those that are depressed, I pray light to shine in their darkness. For those that, Lord, are ready to give up, I pray that you resurrect their situation and show them that there's life 
even in the midst of death. Show them the new beginning. Show them the new start. God, as we get ready to leave this place, I pray that we do not leave your presence, that, Lord, you continue to minister to us and speak to us in your holy, holy name. And, God, we pray this in the magnificent name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people said, Amen. Give him praise, would you? Would you just thank God for what he just did? As you are dismissed, don't forget they're selling tickets to the 40th celebration and also to the under his construction event. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday. Men, we'll see you Saturday at the men's breakfast. Him the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. There is joy in the house of the Lord, there is joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your.